We all enjoy the finer things in life, but it's fair to say not when it's at the expense of the planet. The good news is you don't necessarily have to choose between the two. I'm Jasmine Hemsley, and this is Self Sustainable. In this series brought to you by Selfridges, I'm going to be talking to the best designers, producers, and experts in the world of sustainability to see how making a few small changes in our lives can actually make a world of difference. From how we eat, to how we dress, to how we travel, we'll be looking at all the ways that being sustainable can look, taste, and feel great. This time, we're bringing sustainability home. Oh my God, I love everything in here. I thought I recognised this, this style, and I've got it. In this episode, we'll look at all the ways we can make our houses not only good on the inside, but also great for the world outside. We'll be hearing from Joy Vasiliev, founder of The Organic Company, about her less but better mission to change our homes forever. We have to make better products. We have to make products which last. I'll be opening my doors to the fantastic sustainable interior designer and avid upcycler, Lynn Lamborn. If we've got a choice to buy something new, let's go for something that's made from a recycled material. We'll be finding out how we can surround ourselves with beautiful things that don't cost the earth. From 1985's Eleanor Nadimi. Sustainability can still be really fun. It doesn't have to be boring. And finally, I'll be speaking to the amazing Celeste Voltine of Apri Made about her sustainable improvement on one item we all use and waste every day. Now there are fantastic alternatives that provide you with a practical solution without necessarily having to sacrifice anything. So with so many aspects of our lives pushed into the fast lane these days, whether that be fashion, beauty, food or travel, as we've already seen, it's great that there are actually many conversations happening about sustainability in all of these areas. However, one often neglected but no less important issue is the one around sustainability in our homes. Made up of so many different items, materials and processes, the subject of sustainability in our homes can be completely overwhelming just because it's so far-reaching. But the way that we consume these items is becoming more and more similar to the way we consume fashion. So just to give you an idea... There's a bookcase made by one popular retailer, which is produced at a rate of 15 units a minute. And they've sold 41 million of these worldwide. In fact, if you lined all of them up, they would be over 43,000 miles long. That's enough to reach around the world once and still decorate a few thousand homes. One of the most commonly used materials in our homes and interiors, which, as we've discussed before, presents a massive headache for the fashion industry too, is cotton. And for Joy Vasiliev, the founder of Danish home brand The Organic Company, fixing this problem is at the centre of her work. I started the company um, 12 years ago. For many years before that, I was into organic, organic food and, you know, like uh, cleaning products, being biodegradable and, and, and stuff like that. And uh, then eventually I came to cotton. And what I found was organic cotton was almost rare. I found a few items and they were actually poor quality. And, you know, I was like, why? Why can't we have, like, really great products made organically, made responsibly? I couldn't get it. So 
just me asking all these questions, and I found out a little bit about how dirty cotton is. Cotton is five percent of the entire farm fields in the world. Five percent. Every twentieth field on this planet is a cotton field. It uses by far most pesticides, insecticides, and really, really bad chemicals. We believe that we have to do differently in this world. So our mission is that all conventional farming, that includes food and cotton, obviously, should be organic. And another leg in our mission is less and better. We have to make products which last because in that way we can reduce the amount of all this fast consumerism, right? Nowadays we know the term fast fashion, and we know it's a bad thing. We know it's a bad thing that you just buy a blouse, wear it one time, and you never wear it again. But we also see that now, unfortunately, in the interior business, often we are actually met with the customers, and they say, "So, where's your new stuff?" And we go, "We don't have that much new stuff." And you know what? We don't have it because, actually, because the world uh, doesn't need it, but also because our products, we want them to meet a lot of demands. We want them to have a minimalistic expression. The functionality is also really a uh, high demand for us. And then also, whenever we design products and we want to launch them, uh, we always, to start with, look into. Does it meet a need? Does it solve a problem? And a lot of times, actually, it fails, right? Honestly, if all companies were like the organic company or some of our really good colleagues out there, the planet would be a whole different place. So it's really lovely to find a company like the Organic Company who are not only tackling the problem, but they're educating us. They're, they're changing the way we think. They really do question, is this necessary? Is this needed? What purpose does this serve? Because they are as responsible as we, the consumers, are, if not more so, because they're at the beginning of the whole conversation. You know, and we, we see advertising, we see other people having things, and we immediately think we need to have them too. So, I mean, some of us might just be getting our heads around the whole notion of fast fashion, but the truth is the problems we face are absolutely part of the fast interiors problem. I think there's a lot to be said for just having set your sights on a particular thing and waiting for your birthday or just saving up for it. I mean, the buzz of that is so much greater, but we've forgotten. We've just kind of into quick fixes. What's great is that there are some fantastic smaller brands out there leading the way on good-looking, sustainable homeware. To go find out more about them for myself, I headed down to Selfridges' homeware section. So over here we've got Firm Living, which I kind of became aware of quite a few years ago. Um, they do beautiful, sustainable products. Um, and then this beautiful blanket. In fact, this is Slow Down Studio. I actually have one of their blankets. Oh, I bought that in the sale a year ago. Um, 
So these guys are all grouped together with Firm Living, so Selfridges are really kind of shouting about it here in this little setup. One brand that really stuck out for me was the Ubercool 1985. I'm very much into these corduroy cushions back here. This would fit beautifully into my house. Um, I've just picked up a lovely burgundy plump cushion. They've got a tasseled ones here, which are very sassy, but um, having three dogs, that would not last five minutes, and then therefore that would not be sustainable. At the heart of this company's message, is British manufacturing, craftsmanship and sustainable processes. And we spoke to its founder, Eleanor Nadimi, to find out more. I used to work in fast fashion. That was the job that I got when I graduated. And I was kind of quite naive into what that industry meant and what was involved. So, for example, if I'm designing a T-shirt print and... The buyer says to me, oh, do you believe in this design? I'd be like, yes, it's great. And they're like, okay, so we'll place 50,000 pieces, 100,000 pieces. And at that point, that was just like a series of zeros. It didn't mean anything. But when you see that being made, it really sort of hit a nerve with me. I still really wanted to be able to make something beautiful, but it didn't necessarily mean that that had to be at the price that I felt I was paying to do that. So then I started to do some research and, uh, yeah, created 1985, which has been really fun. I always knew that I wanted it to be a brand that had a set of certain values, core values. So it would be British manufacturing, sustainability and sustainable processes. I cancelled out the direction of fashion because, for me, my strength is print. And there was only so far I could go with in terms of garment shapes and collections. So I went down the homeware route. It was quite a challenge finding manufacturers who could make things in the way that I'd like them to be made. I had um, a lot of great direction from a company called Make It British, I work with a fantastic team of sewers who just make my products incredible every time. I work with a mill in Lancashire to make all my blankets and they're brilliant because they work hand in hand with a fashion factory and they share any offcuts or leftover fabric, break it back down into yarn and use that to weave my blankets. And that's really, really important to me to have this full circle kind of economy in terms of how things are made. And also it's really lovely to know that your core materials are coming from something that would essentially be thrown away. In the collection, you would never think that it was sustainable necessarily if you associate sustainability with hemp and plain and... Beige. <laughs> I'm anything but beige. It's quite a nice surprise to a consumer when they interact with the products. I start talking to about them and then I'm like, well, this is a recycled cotton or this is made as a byproduct of this. And those kind of conversations are really, really key in sort of engaging with people and showing them what it is that I do and that sustainability can still be really fun. It doesn't have to be boring. I don't think it's as hard as a lot of people think to have a sustainable home. There are so many brands out there who make things in a really thoughtful way that look amazing. We've advanced so much that you can really, really have the most 
beautiful thing and not compromise. Sometimes it's things are a little bit more expensive, but I think that usually when you're buying a product that's made in a sustainable way with good fabrics, those products tend to have a lot longer lifeline anyway than the cheaper items. So essentially you're getting your money's worth and not compromising and then you've got a beautiful home. What's really interesting about Eleanor, I think, and this says quite a lot about the relationship between our home and the fashion industry, is that she has a background in both. And it's so nice that she's really carried those learnings from her previous experience in the fashion industry into making this really pioneering homeware brand. But also, like with so many things that are sustainably made, it's not just that her products are sustainable, it's that they look great too. And hopefully with people like her and Joy setting this as a new precedent, the bigger brands will follow suit too. Now, with people redecorating on average every three to four years, interior design is becoming more and more central to our lives. It's the number one topic driving growth on Pinterest, where people collect and share pictures of interiors and inspirations. And that has more than 21 million unique visitors a month. However, this enthusiasm to update our homes is simultaneously becoming more and more problematic, with us throwing out 22 million items of furniture in the UK every year. One person with a wealth of experience in helping people change up their homes without breaking the planet or their bank balances is the fantastic sustainable interior designer and upcycling poster lady, Lynn Lambon. I was happy to have Lynn come down to my home in Kent, wow. where we talked about sustainability in the home and a big passion for both of us, upcycling. Yeah, it's not what it looks like from the outside, no, is it? it's amazing. Yes. It's like a treasure trove. Welcome to my home. It's fantastic. My house is a bit of a retro vintage mecca, I'd say. That's how I'd describe it. I mean, in this, I was so excited that you were coming around to my house. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> what exactly is it that you do so that we can... Well, I can work out how best to utilise you. <laughs> I'm an interior designer, but I'm also an upcycler. So I teach people to upcycle. Amazing. But my interior design is all has an element of sustainability within it. Mm -hmm. So I try to only use things that um, are either made from recycled materials. Mm -hmm. So, for example, decking made from recycled plastic bottles, furniture Amazing. made from recycled milk cartons, yeah. uh, cushions from landfill wool that they mm -hmm. find, or I find pieces, a bit like you, you and I would be a nightmare out, let loose together, um, in car boot sales, skips, wherever, yeah. and then I paint it up. Lovely. Oh, my God. I, I wish make that was my it job. personal for that person. We've got to start thinking more sustainably. If we've yeah. got a choice to buy something new, let's go for something that's made from a recycled material yeah. rather than go for something which is a short-term fix. You know, it's a bit like fashion, isn't it? Let's buy for the long term. Let's buy as an investment. Yeah. It might cost slightly more, but it's going to be around mm. in 25 years' time rather than keep buying for the short term. Not sustainable. Yeah. Waste of money. So this is not, I mean, just ecologically viable. I mean, this also is economic. You know, it's good on the pocket, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so many times I go on jobs and people are wanting new kitchens. Mm -hmm. um, I go around, they've had their sort of first ideas, their first thoughts, or they may have even had a company draw up the plans for it. And I go around and have a look at it. And uh, it's, it's almost laughable because I look at the cupboards that they've got and then I look at what they're going for and I say, that's the same guys. And they say, yeah, but that one's orange pine and this one's grey. Yeah. And, I, you know... 
I think I'm like, oh my painted. goodness, let's just paint it and change the handles. And, you know, if they don't like the work surface, you can get a new work surface yes. popped on top very easily. The, the layout of the kitchen's probably fine. So what can people do in general? What's a good piece of advice for people that need to, to you know, stuff that they're not in love with anymore might not even be worth anything, so it might not even be worth putting online. Yeah. Is it, I mean, is it worth putting something online just in case? If someone picks think, it up for you... you know, there's that great saying, isn't there? Yeah. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Yeah. And I think it's always worth putting it on a Facebook forum or yeah. say a shout-out. This is free. Do you want it? Yeah. Gumtree has part of a free thing and so does Pre-Love, Free-Loved, um, Free Cycle, all those places. I mean, don't ever put it in the bin. It's no, just such it's a waste. Got, it's got no chance. And, and don't ever drive to the skip. Yeah. You know, um, that's such a waste. It's literally going to landfill. It will yeah. be shipped off in a shipping container and it will be under our ocean somewhere causing trouble. So you might as well see if somebody wants it. Yeah. Because they will. And then, you know, the biggest buzz is when someone comes in and goes, wow, where did you get that from? And you have to do that really smug. I got it in the skip. Got it in the skip <laughs> and it's the only one. Sorry, you can't go online and find another one like it. I really like Lynn because I think she marries that really fresh, modern, chic, simple living but she's literally using old furniture and being eco and sustainable, which most people would think of as being very tatty. She's married the two beautifully. And I just think that really invites so many people to start thinking with a more sustainable head because that's what it really needs. It really needs people to make this way of thinking very cool. Now, when it comes to a home, it's also the little things we do on a day-to-day basis that have a big impact. There are so many small things we use every day that we just don't even think about in terms of waste, whether it's toothbrushes, old CDs and DVDs, razors or pill packets. We produce, and this statistic I'm going to warn you is pretty shocking, 50 tonnes of household waste every second. One of the worst items in this list is cling film. Invented in 1953, we now use more than 1.2 billion metres of cling film every year. That's the equivalent of 745,000 miles, which could go around the globe 30 times over. And not only is it impossible to reuse or recycle, it ends up in our oceans where marine mammals like turtles confuse it for jellyfish and they end up choking on it. Enter Australian company Apremade. Their incredible work with bees might be able to put cling film, or cling wrap as they call it there, out of business forever. My name is Celeste Faltine. I'm a beekeeper. Um, I have a couple of apiaries in the Yarra Valley in Victoria in Australia. I'm also the founder of Apiary Made and we make a range of goods that are all derived from the beehive using honey and beeswax and so on. Working with bees really is a self-sustaining and sustainable way of farming because really the bees live their whole natural lives and we only ever take what's surplus to the bees' requirements. You know, looking after bee populations in general is really fantastic for our food supply in general and our pollination and, and they form such an important part of our ecosystem that to care for and farm bees is really fantastic. One of our biggest products is the beeswax wraps. Beeswax wraps 
are a reusable, washable and sustainable alternative to using cling wrap and other plastics in your kitchen. Ours are made with certified organic cotton and beeswax and a couple of other natural ingredients we mix in. You can essentially use them in the same way that you would with cling wrap. So you mould them with the warmth of your hand. The beeswax will soften a little bit with the warmth of your hand and you can wrap them around um, cheese and avocados. They should last using them sort of three or four times a week. They should last you at least 12 months. And the key thing about them really is that they do fix the problem of plastic use and they're really effective in reducing food waste. Because they're made of cotton and beeswax, they breathe. And so if you do wrap your fresh produce, your food's not sweating. So you'll find it lasts a lot, lot longer, um, sometimes up to twice as long or three times as long as your produce otherwise would. At the end of their life, you can literally just pop them in your compost bin and they'll safely biodegrade. So they're really a an all fix with the plastic used and um, and reducing your food waste. Thankfully now so many more people are really becoming so aware of these issues and are actively looking for alternatives and, and now there are fantastic alternatives that again provide you with a practical solution without necessarily having to sacrifice anything and we've estimated that just through the sale of our wraps over the last year we have saved about 1.5 million pieces of cling wrap needing to be used and and therefore being put out into the environment or into the oceans and, and so each of those people has had a massive positive impact just by buying a set of wraps so it's um, quite a privilege to be able to provide that for people. This product is amazing on so many levels. Not only does it support a species that is so vital for our existence and nature in general, but these beeswax wraps are actually biodegradable and reusable. And just as importantly, they're better for your health. I mean, who wants plastic leaching into your food anyway? The fact that these wraps keep your food fresher for longer speaks volumes. So with all this in mind, why would you ever want to use something as damaging as cling film ever again? Okay, so finally, with so many things we can do around the house to help the world around us, we asked our fantastic guests their best bits of advice for making our homes more sustainable. Take a step back and think about what would my granny do? How would my granny live? How would my granny wrap her food? How would she shop? What would her kitchen look like? And then automatically, without any great brainwave, you'll become more sustainable. We have a lot of huge, huge areas, but no man can deal with all of them. So pick a path. Really engage more consciously with our daily practices and think about the materials we are using and and what benefit or harm they may provide to us and our families. It doesn't have to be a chore. I think there's things that you can slowly integrate into your life and because there are more options out there now, don't be afraid to try something new because actually it'll probably make your life easier in the long run. It's pretty clear that there is no item big or small, in our homes that we can't start thinking about in terms of sustainability. And like everything else we've discussed in the series, it's really about slowing down, taking a good look around, really thinking about what we need to buy and what it is before we actually buy it. And when we get this right, not only are we saving money in the long term, but, and it's a good but, it's a better option for the planet. This episode of Self-Sustainable was brought to you by Selfridges and Radio Wolfgang. 
It was presented by me, Jasmine Hemsley, and featured Joy Vasiliev, Lynn Lamborn, Eleanor Nadimi, and Celeste Fultine. The executive producers were Ellie Martino and Harry Watson, and the producers were Natalia Rodriguez, Ivor Manley, and Eli Block. Discover more ways in which Selfridges is buying better and inspiring change at selfridges.com forward slash buying better. <laughs>